The Tower, Episode 26, The Titans TV Show, Episode 9. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Titans, Episode 9, Hank and Dawn. It's an episode written by Jeff Johns, directed by Akiva Goldsmith, who are some of the executive producers behind the TV show. And with all of that, this should have been a better episode. So when we last left the Titans, Corey had Rachel by the throat and Dick and Donna were racing to them because they realized that Corey was sent here, as far as everyone knows, to kill Rachel. That was the end of episode 8. So instead of following the trend that they've been following, where even episodes are the larger DCU episodes and odd episodes are uh, Ravenology, right? Everything about Rachel. Episode 9 flips, and suddenly we return to the Hawk and Dove story, which made me think, why? It's kind of a weird way to prolong the cliffhanger. Um, I really believe it might have something to do with the way they produce these shows, scheduling of actors, scheduling of um, different directors, whatever, who knows. So I feel like that they had to insert this type of story, this larger DCU story that didn't involve the Titans, Uh, because only Rachel was shown in this episode, because the Titans are probably used in uh, the other episodes, episodes 8, they're certainly used in episode 10, and they're used heavily in episode 11. So maybe the scheduling had something to do with it? I don't know. I really don't know. And speaking of episode 10, if I want to jump the timeline a bit, I've seen episode 10, I just haven't recorded an episode about it. I'll cover it in next podcast. I feel like these two episodes should have been flip-flopped. Uh, and not just to preserve the whole flip-flopping of, uh, you know, the odd numbers and the even number episodes, but just for another thought that I'll get back to at the end of this. Okay, so here are my notes for Hank and Dawn. We open in 2009 with Hank and Don, his half-brother, uh, also known as Donnie. They have become Hawk and Dove. They are following the trend of those real-world heroes that used to show up a few years back, and they're going after some sexual predators. This is how everything opens in this episode. We hear a couple dialogue clips that are semi-important. Dove says, hey, Hawk, the doctor said you're supposed to wear a helmet. We'll get back to that. And then Hawk says, after he beats up the guy, he says, Batman and Robin, you have company. So suddenly they think they're heroes just because they went out on one outing. And then we flash back even more to a young Hank and Don as kids. And this is where where we learn who they are. They are Hank and Donnie Hall. They are half-brothers, as I said, which, you know, one is white, one is half-black, because uh, superhero shows forget that there are other colors in the rainbow that maybe, I don't know, maybe one of them could have been Latino, maybe one of them could have been Asian, maybe one of them could have been Indian, I don't know, whatever. So it turns out that Hank's coach as a kid while he plays football uh, turns out to be, uh, you know, a predator. And this was my first 
what the what the f moment of this episode. So in order to protect Donnie, because now the coach is going after Donnie, Hank allows the coach to take him into a room and Donnie runs off. So now Hank has this bigger secret. It's not just about the alcohol and the drugs because of being a hero. It's because he he's masking this pain from when he was a kid. So then we jump to college and Hank is playing for a college team known as the Kessel Lions. And the name Kessel is after after Barbara Randall and Carl Kessel, who co-wrote the post-crisis 1988 Hawk and Dove miniseries. That is the miniseries that introduced the female dove, and Carl also inked it. And then they would go on to also co-write the series that lasted for about 28 issues. So that was a nice little touch. Anyway, so Hank is playing football. He's suffered a number of concussions. He goes to a doctor and... The doctor says, you can't play anymore. It's just going to get worse. But he's going to do it anyway until Donnie decides to rat on him, basically. And that means that Hank gets benched and he can't play football anymore. So this leads to an argument in a library, which leads to a brawl with other students. And the two brothers get kicked out of college. Or as Donnie says, kick us the F out. So apparently Hank has control issues and Donnie has, mm, I don't know, identity issues maybe? Doesn't know where he fits in, uh, is tired of the way that uh, Hank is treated and everything that he has done for the college and yet look what's being taken from him, you know, with these constant injuries. And that's the whole reason why they they get expelled. So I think at that point when he said that, I, I wrote here in my notes, I hate this episode. I hate this version of Hawk and Dove. Okay, so eventually, as an outlet, I guess, for Hank, or for both of them, Donnie gets the idea to be vigilantes. And they're going to go after these sexual predators as a way for Hank to work out his demons from his youth. And uh, Hank says to Donnie, you never liked trouble. And then Donnie says, teach me how to like it. And again, to which I wrote, no, no, that's not Dove. That is not the Dove that I know. So then we connect back to the opening scene, as I described. And then the story shifts, and we meet Dove, or Dawn, I should say, who is having tea and brunch with her mother, played by Deanna Troy, right? Played by Marina Sirtis from The Next Generation. Um, don't fall in love with the notion that she's playing a character on the TV show because she's not going to be around for long. We find out that Dawn is a ballerina. Um, I think Minka, Minka Kelly is also a dancer, I think. And we also learn that Dawn has a sister named Holly, which is straight out of the comics. Uh, the character of Holly Granger, she becomes Hawk at one point in the Teen Titans run. But eventually she's killed, I believe, prior to Blackest Night. And we learn that Dawn has parent issues as well. Apparently her father is abusive. He's an abusive husband, probably also abusive to his daughters. And we learn that Dawn broke his arm once, somehow. So we have a lot of violence to youth going on uh, in this episode and as motivators to these two characters. Eventually, all four of them meet on the street in some kind of weird little cute meet. And before you know it, boom, there's a freak accident. A van runs over and wipes out Donnie and Dawn's mom right in front of Hank and Dawn's eyes. 
part of me felt like, you know, okay, here's where all this really cool lords of order and chaos stuff could come in, right? That feels very chaotic. But no, no, nothing happens like that. That's just something that happens in life, I guess. I have no idea what this episode is by this point. So anyway, Hank and Dawn are seeing a, gr- a grief group therapy session, and eventually they re-meet and connect, all, all of because of the accident. We get some words in the therapy session that no doubt pushes the two of them into their next phase, where uh, the group therapist says, feeling an emptiness is normal, trying to fill the empty- emptiness, that can be a challenge. So, of course, right away you sort of think, okay, they're going to fill it with vigilanteism to the point where Dawn asks of the group and herself, there isn't anyone out there to blame or to go after. There isn't anyone to hate, which I thought, okay, is there? Maybe there is, and it's another sort of motivation uh, for what they're going to become. She also continues by saying, life isn't fair. Why can't we make it fair? These are a lot of comments and thoughts. Um, you, I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's a different kind of twist on how to become a hero, I guess. Or in this version of the Titans, uh, they're practically anti-heroes. So Hank and Dawn are in therapy. Eventually they hook up because that's smart. And she learns Hank's backstory. And she decides to do something about it, right? So she's putting all that therapy stuff into play. And she goes after the old coach, Hank's abuser from when he was younger. And obviously she's channeling some anger about her abusive dad. She meets up with the coach. She fights him. They fight. It's an odd fight. The choreography is odd. There's just way too much training. Um, not an, I don't know. I just thought it was strange. Eventually the coach pulls a gun. Of course, Hank shows up and he beats the coach uh, all to hell but not before telling Dawn that she should leave. And she says, no, she stays. She's staying, I'm staying. And the beating continues. And once again, as, as we pull away from the house and he's beating up the coach, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, this is not Hawk and Dove. This is not the concept of, you know, the whole very 60s notion of a hawk and a dove a persona in a person. So... Uh, why, why, that's all I wrote is why. All right, eventually because of all this rage and unleashed repression, obviously the two of them go and have sex, but the outcome is obvious. Dawn says, tonight never happened, we can't be together, not like this. To which I said, okay, but this was your idea. uh, I hate this episode. So that's almost how the episode ends, but throughout all of this, um, We learn that all of these flashbacks are in Hank's mind. They are also in Dawn's mind in the present while she is convalescing in the hospital and Hank is looking over her. Now, he's in a stupor because he went and stole some drugs from the hospital so he he could sleep. And as they are thinking about all these memories, we get different flashes of Rachel trying to reach out to them because remember... She's being held by the throat by Corey from episode 8. So if that's happening and she's in danger, is it really Hank and Dawn that she's going to call out to to rescue her? I don't get that. So eventually uh, Dawn, while she is seeing Rachel in her memories, she wakes up, she crawls over to Hank, and she wakes him up and she says, 
Um, we need to find Jason Todd, to which he says, who is that? And she says, I don't know who he is, but Rachel needs our help. So again, why is Rachel calling Hawk and Dove and Jason Todd at this particular moment with that particular cliffhanger where she's going, where Corey is threatening her life? Why wouldn't she reach out to Dick? Why wouldn't she reach out to, um, I don't know, uh, why isn't she reaching out to Dick, right? That, that's the thing that I couldn't understand. So, so they needed a way for Dawn to wake up, and this is the way they did it. But if I go back to this whole episode 9 and episode 10, and I realize I haven't talked about 10 yet, there is something that happens in episode 10 that I feel could also act as another traumatic moment for Rachel, where, yes, she does need to call out to all the heroes that she knows and not just these random one-off characters who are never going to get to her by the time Corey does whatever it is she's going to do. Um, you know, this other moment in episode 10, it's a it's an even bigger threat than Corey. I could totally see her reaching out to every superpowered being that she knows, including the Doom Patrol. But that's not what happened. Instead, we get, you know, the way that they decided to release it. And I'm just left... Um, confused by this episode and very disappointed in it. I didn't like it at all. I think it's the worst of the bunch. And that's really all I have to say about it. So let me know what you think. Peter at thedailyrios.com. Uh, I will follow this up with uh, a look at episode 10. And then apparently the finale is episode 11, although I thought we were going to go to 12 episodes, but I guess not. So that's it for this episode. This has been the Tower episode 26. As I said, we will be back next episode. Talk to you soon. Bye.